You are listening to You Heard It Here Second. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or DerekAndSteve.com. Subscribe and follow today. We ended up watching a full season of Ballers yeah, on true. HBO. It was a terrible yeah. show. <laughs> Derek and Steve present... This girl has ruthlessly been leaving nothing in her path for the for the Iron Throne, and now she's like on like a, a 12th grade date with Jon Snow. Like, I'm just <laughs> saying that if you're not on the internet, you should check out the internet because it's great. <laughs> this is, you're going to laugh at this, but one of the NHL reporters was saying that it's an argument for making the playoffs even more expanded in the NHL. And, and like, obviously not. Like, right, there's six, 16 teams make it. More I, than half the teams make the playoffs. Exactly, no, that, that's a ridiculous Which take. Is, you heard it here second. Hello and welcome to episode number 129 of You Heard It Here Second. I am Derek alongside Steve. Steve, what is going on? Derek, you thought about changing it up and you I, couldn't do it. I, I was deciding between going on and happening and I went with wow. going on. <laughs> Tough decisions. Um, you are talking to Stetson Law's basketball intramural champion. Wow. Simi Pro Bono. Wow. Wow. Wins intramural basketball semi pro bono champions champions of the league wow yeah that is excellent that's a huge accomplishment it's a huge accomplishment it's the best thing that's happened to me in law school does that <laughs> earn you a lot of um like st- street cred in law school no, no. It's a- <laughs> actually it probably hurts <laughs> <laughs> all right well th- i guess that that's not great then yeah. but They're like why but- aren't those kids studying <laughs> <laughs> true True, but I do get my plaque in the gym, so we're gonna get our picture. Oh, that's we got nice. our picture taken. We're gonna be hung up in the gym on for like a wall of fame. Years to come, just kind of scattered throughout. There's no real rhyme or reason to where they're Interesting. put, which is funny. Interesting. Yeah. So. <laughs> Hopefully, you get some good real estate on on a good part of the wall. Yeah. So that's what's going on with me. Um, what's going on with you up in Boston? Not too much. Not too much. I was just telling you off the air that we're finally getting some good weather here. Now that we're into May, um, starting to get reasonable and not cold all the time. Uh, the allergies are hitting for some people like myself, right. um, but we're hanging in there. We're, we're getting close to summer now, how, so this is great. How does how does your allergies slash stuffiness affect your side hustle of audio That's recording for businesses and it's stuff? It's a good question. Um, so f- for a combination of reasons, including that and also in gen- not just from a losing my voice stamp, because I did lose my voice there for a little bit, not like totally, but like kind of... Sore, the new Sam sore throat, slide. yeah, you know, over overexertion, um, and uh, and so I had to put up some away messages, you know, being like I'm not, uh, I'm, bu- I basically just said I was busy. I didn't say I'm sick, you know. I was like oh, I'm busy, like so put up an away message, and then what that does is it makes them have to message you. They can't just like buy something, you know. Hmm. Um, this, Did people this, message you? Yeah, people would occasionally, uh, mainly if they had already like started a discussion with me. They would yeah. realize like they couldn't place an order, so they would message me, and I would be like, "Hey," and then I would just kind of tell them like what timeline I could work with. But, but yeah, there was probably like a week there where I just kind of didn't really uh, record anything new because my voice was kind of like na- nasally and didn't really sound very good. You know, I um, could help with some overflow. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. I might have to. I might have to outsource to you for some things like that. Yeah, <laughs> for oh, it'll be called Threever. <laughs> Three and I only charge exactly. three dollars. That's a good. That's a great. That's a good model right there. That's a good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here we go. Episode number one twenty nine. Um, back after a couple weeks off, we are going to go with the same format as last time, which is we're going to lead with our quote unquote pop culture, which is going to be a lot of Game of Thrones plus a couple other things. Um, but Game of Thrones, obviously, we're in 
big time right now. So we'll, we'll start with that. And then we'll go into sports, which is also kind of big time because we're in playoffs for, for multiple sports and uh, lots of news going on there. So uh, anything you want to you want to touch on in the opening drive before we kick it into pop culture? No, just that I support your use of big time. Big time. <laughs> Real big time. <laughs> yeah, Game of Thrones is in big time. <laughs> like sports is also in big it is time. in big time. Uh, so without further ado, let's start it off with pop culture. Alrighty, so pop culture, uh, Game of Thrones, as we as we mentioned, uh, we unfortunately mostly my fault here, but we we Steve and I were going to try to do off schedule, like kind of faster than normal the next week, come right back and do another episode because of that Night King episode, um, but we weren't able to do that, so we'll touch on that briefly here, and then we'll talk about the more recent episode, uh, which was episode four of, of season eight. Night King was episode three, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, so. Right. Um, so we, so the long night is was the name of that episode. Um, lots of lots of internet reaction to that episode. Um, from obviously the and by the way, spoilers obviously, but this episode is now older, so you gotta you just gotta skip this part of the podcast if you're gonna listen to right. Game this of is Thrones Game of Thrones spoilers, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Um, so that the long night episode um, that ends with the Night King being killed by Arya. Um, so lots of lots of internet reaction to that. Um, lots of reaction to the episode as a whole with the with the darkness uh, uh, on of the screen <laughs> for a lot of the episode. Right. People complaining about that, um, you know, about the dragons, about the storyline, so all that. So, what were your quick thoughts on the Night King episode as a whole, the Long Night, uh, about the you know the Battle of Winterfell? So this episode got ripped to shreds. Yeah. Um, and it's a. I think this is a product of expectations being too high, mm-hmm. because this episode was amazing. Yes. Um. The like, in a vacuum, this was one of the most brilliant pieces of TV ever put together. It cost twenty million dollars. It was shot over like three months, only at night. Um. It was. It had like hundreds of thousands of actors. Uh. It. It was just. That millions of dollars of CGI and it was just crazy. The whole thing was crazy. As an episode, I liked it because um, it kind of jumped back and forth between the, the walkers, the different characters, like mm-hmm. individual battles and then the dragon. So overall, it was a great, great episode. Right. I do second a lot of people's reactions here, though, that the Night King died in one episode. Yeah. Like, he showed up and then an hour and a half was dead. And we waited eight years. Like the whole, this whole storyline revolved around the White Walkers. Not not Cersei being queen. That wasn't a thing in season one, two, or three. Like there, it's just, there's all these different storylines, but the main storyline was the Night King and the White Walkers. Right from the first episode, and, first scene of the series, really. Exactly. Like, so yeah. that, that I'm a little ticked off about, but as an episode, I thought it was unbelievable. And, and like it, it was there was a lot of emotion, and I I was like nervous at points. Um, they did kind of skimp out on characters dying. It was all yes. sort of fringe <laughs> characters, but um, we can touch on that a little later. But I want to hear your original thoughts of uh, the Long Night. Yeah, my, I mean, so like you said, there was obviously a lot of critical reaction to this episode. Um, I agree with you. I thought this was an amazing episode. Um, 
obviously some criticisms are valid, but I really just a huge overreaction in my opinion for anyone to like, I heard some people saying that this was like a failure of, of an episode with how much money they spent on it and like how it came out. Like, I just totally don't agree with that at all. Like this, it was an outstanding job of really a, like an 80 minute battle episode. Essentially this right. was, and it did not feel like it was just 80 minutes of fighting at all. They did a good, they did an excellent job mixing it up, touching on the different things that were going on, whether that was the dragons, whether it was like the, the middle portion of the episode where it turns into this insanely, insanely suspenseful scene set of scenes with Arya, right? Like that is totally now removed mm-hmm. from the battle. Like that was, that was some brilliant film work. I thought, um, so all I, I thought it was extremely well made. I think there were a couple of of uh, of things you could critique, like you said. I, you know, a lot of people were upset that that John was such a useless piece of crap oh, yeah. in that John, episode. John and Danny <laughs> were both useless. They were. I did hate that. Actually. Danny to an extent, though, because Danny does like provide one of the first waves of relief. Like it looks like they're about to get just run over, really totally, by the army of the dead, and the dragon comes in and starts mowing them down with some fire. And so like that was I think that was at least useful to some extent, right? Like that did provide relief in the beginning. Yeah. John was like totally, totally useless in this episode. Yeah. I mean, how many times is Jon Snow going to single handedly throw his body at the Night King <laughs> thinking it'll work? This yeah. was like time number four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it just like <laughs> twice in one episode, a couple and then they lost a dragon last time he did it. It's just not a good strategy and he keeps doing it. It isn't. I agree. And so um but overall, though, I will say, like, so some people have the criticism of, like, so Arya is the one who kills the Night King, and most people are fine with that because everyone loves Arya. But at the same time, this has been John's story, right? Like, the Night King has right. been John's battle for eight seasons. Like, that's that's John's thing. Um, the reason I was kind of okay with it was because when Arya gets through and they lock the door and they're and she's with um, Melisandre there, and like, uh, she's basically. Very, like upon in hindsight really blatantly foreshadows that Arya is going to kill the night king <laughs> like right. you, you like i think that the episode did an excellent job of disguising that in the moment because like when, when i because i watched the episode a second time because of like the lightness thing i wanted to kind of watch it on a better screen like a computer screen and it's really yeah. obvious like it's really obvious when Arya runs away after the re- the red lady tells her about like kill uh closing eyes right and closing blue eyes blue eyes and, and yeah. so it's really obvious that she then sprints away and like once you know it's like yeah she's going to kill the night king but the the episode does an, an amazing job of distracting you from that with john right it's you they use john to distract you you, the, you spend the last mm. 15 minutes where john's just screaming at a dragon's face like yeah and, and you spend that whole time being like what the heck john you have to go get you have to get there brand's about to die if you don't get there right like in your yeah. mind, you're saying this has to be John. So I think they used John well as a decoy. And so for that reason, I didn't hate his role in the episode. But yeah. overall, the there's hard a lot thing you is can break down. I, yeah. yeah, I do understand that someone has to do it. Yeah. And not yeah. everyone can be the hero. Yeah. So And there's probably four or five people that could have done it. Right. So I don't know. I And people complained about the darkness. I, I enjoyed how it was dark because it made it a little spookier. It was like, oh, they're literally coming from nothing. Yeah. Um, and then they're like bugs. They just like... I mean, it had to be dark. It was almost like, like World War Z. They're just like powering over the line. It's great. Yeah. I think it had to be dark. I think just it's it's a tough one to... It's a tough one because some people's screens are not going to be set up properly for it, right? Like like you, right. if you have to play with settings, you're already kind of ticking some people off. But I think that's better mm-hmm. than it being brighter. You know, it shouldn't have been a bright scene. It was a, it was a 
mid it was an overnight battle you know like yeah. the army of the dead that's what they were that's what it was going to be all along you kind of knew that mm-hmm. so, so we end up losing the two i'm not going to go through everyone who died but just right. as main characters go uh jorah and theon are the two main characters yes. that that died um can you think of any other that you would consider um, main characters i mean no. the yeah uh dolores ed from the uh, the wall dies yep, and yep. Melis, uh, Melisandre dies, but she has hasn't been in the show for a while. Exactly. Um, so I think Theon and Jorah are the two main characters, and even then they're not very they're not, main characters. They're they're like B list um, characters. But how do you feel? They both went out. Oh, and uh, I guess you can say Beric Dondarrion, but he's not really a main character either. Right. Um, right. So so Theon and Jorah going out, both f- going out fighting, uh, protecting someone they love. Yeah. What are your thoughts on their deaths? Um, both of those, both of those death scenes were like a little cheesy. I thought. I kind of thought so um, too, but I love Jorah's though. Jorah yeah. kept standing up. Yeah. So like, like the thing is, they were both a little cheesy, but I kind of am fine with it with their character arcs. Like they, it was very, they were very fitting for each character, right? Like Jorah, that's the way Jorah yeah. would go out, like literally until he can't stand anymore trying to protect Danny, and right. and then and Theon similarly. Well, actually, not really similarly, but ending in a similar way with like almost a redemption type of thing, right? Like Theon's been running from everything his entire story arc. And so it's really stupid for him to sprint at the Night King and try to kill him. (laughs) It's a really dumb move. But it's it's to me, it's kind of symbolic of like he's not going to run and hide this time. You know, like he's finally just going to like just go for it. And then like he gets a fool fool made of himself. But like, you know, that was like his that was more symbolism than anything I thought. So one thing I did notice is that no characters that died, even the um, minor characters, said any final words. Yeah, like when when Danny reached, like leaned down to like grab Jorah, I was like, Jorah needs to say something, or she needs to say something, and <laughs> yeah. they didn't. They it was yeah. just quiet. Same with Beric. Same with Theon. I mean, mm. Theon at least Bran said something to Theon, and Theon just like nodded and then yeah killed himself basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I do agree with you though that. These two characters deserved something, given that yeah. they've been in the season since, or been in the show since season one. Mm-hmm. So they needed some sort of death scene, uh, and I think what they got was was fair enough. Yeah, I agree, and and I I will say like, you know, I'm interested in the last two episodes because, or, and we can kind of transition into the the um the fourth episode of the season, which is the last of the Starks, but um. I think I'm interested how this ends because it almost feels now like given what we saw in that long night episode and then what we saw in the next episode, which we'll get to, it almost feels like they're now feeling obligated to give every major character a, a, a death hurrah, right? Right. Like it, like that's not the way it used to be in Game of Thrones. So we know that. Um, no. And there's too many characters to, for them all to get an individual hurrah at this point, I feel like, um, in the last couple episodes. So I'm interested to see if they break from that strategy at all. Um, but mm-hmm. so moving to the, the episode four, last of the Starks, what were your quick thoughts on this episode? First, we should address the coffee cup. Yes. Let's do that. Right um, away. because this is, this has become a scene. We are now, <laughs> we are now in the very, very deep, dark, uh, conspiracy theory parts of Game of Thrones when people are like, there's a coffee cup on the table. They're phoning it in. Worst season ever. Like, I can't believe they would do this. No other shows would ever do this. Um, I am not that bothered by it, mainly because you couldn't tell, but 
it's funny, it's goofy, um, but people are freaking out. Yeah. So I want your quick thoughts on the coffee cup incident. I, I am not agitated by that whatsoever. I, I'm almost inclined to think that that someone in that production room intended that. I'm almost like I'm huh. I'm inclined to think that. Like I mean, this is such a huge operation, right? Like, right. there why is, there's a coffee cup sitting right in front of Danny on a table. Like, yeah, I don't know. To me. I would not be shocked to find out that that was like some stupid little Easter egg they put in to just create buzz, right? Like, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't even, I wouldn't go as far conspiracy to say like that that's like a subtle Starbucks ad or anything like that, you know? Like, I wouldn't go that <laughs> Imagine. far. Like, but oh, I, but I also wouldn't rule it out as like a total, like that's, I wouldn't say that's impossible, no chance, right? Like, but I like Starbucks pays a hundred million dollars to put a cup <laughs> in the background of a scene that, that hopes it hopes it gets caught. Yeah, right. Well. But but the ensuing buzz is way bigger when it gets caught as opposed to like, well, I mean, obviously it's it's hard to envision if it was just like outright in in the show for some reason, <laughs> yeah. right? Like obviously, like the John Snow's Starbucks. John Snow sips like a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> like, but like, but something like that though, just like getting caught creates the buzz as opposed to like. So I don't know. To me, it doesn't right. agitate me at all. Okay, one thing that agitates me about it is that it's. It's affected the meme culture. Yeah. The Game of Thrones memes have been great, but this is such low hanging fruit that they're just like this has become the new meme and it's it's so forced and not really a Game of Thrones meme. It's like right. a like a real world meme. It's like all look, yeah, Danny yeah. likes pumpkin spice lattes, yeah, yeah, or look, yeah. they spelled her name wrong on a Starbucks coffee cup. Like it's all just yeah. such I don't need Starbucks boring Game of Thrones yeah, memes. Yeah, I don't need Starbucks <laughs> memes. I need Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, so it was that's the only my only negative. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't care. Yeah. Um. I do have two quick thoughts, or one. Actually, I have a quick thought. So, just to kind of go into specifics on this episode. Overall, I thought it was really good. It was very. There was a lot of tension. It was kind of like an old school Game of Thrones episode where just conversations yeah. made you nervous and anxious. Yeah. Um. But, uh, who's the um the white the wildling guy with the be- with the big red beard? Tormund. Tormund? Yeah. So Tormund and Sam both say goodbye to John and hug him at, mm-hmm. at Winterfell. Yep. Do you think that's the last we see of them? Do you think that's like their death scene? Because um, I kind of felt like it was. And Ghost, I, you know, so I didn't, uh, I didn't get that impression. But but now that you're saying it, it's certainly possible. I mean, I mean, the, the scene is shifting right to King's Landing. Like I don't know what business we will have left in the North, other than, you know, if like. If the Starks win, if the Starks win and someone returns, you know, like, but I I don't see any major development happening in the North at this point. So, yeah, that's a good, that's a good observation. It could be, could be the end. Because my question would be why, A, why keep Sam alive? Like, he, he has been, he has done nothing over the past (laughs) three seasons. Other than tell the, be a messenger and add a few key points. Yeah. Which is fine, but they keep like almost killing him and saving him. And almost ki- like people like him, and people have, really don't. Have you heard the um, Have you heard the uh, theory or or the proposition that Sam is George R. R. Martin's stand-in in this show? What does that mean? Like, like he's the representation of George R. R. Martin. <laughs> like, it's like, but like he's the char- like George. He's George R. R. Martin wrote him as himself, essentially. But, you know the the so the, that, the chubby, the chubby guy who doesn't do anything, but somehow is like a weird hero and like kind of <laughs> yeah. like like is just like a comic relief almost but like tells the story i don't know i i, I saw one thing that's su- that suggested that 
That's um, I mean that's a fine theory. And then I he's just the think... one in the end who like is telling the story of the Game of Thrones or whatever. But um, oh maybe. But but like at the the end is like Sam writing it in the stupid books so, in like old, yeah. old town. I could see it. <laughs> I I could see it happening. But um, but yeah, that's uh, as far as the last couple episodes, barring a very closing thing as a wrap up. I don't see them being involved anymore. No. Um, right. And so I think they should. I mean, I don't want Tormund to die because I love him, but. It seems like a missed opportunity to just like have people yeah. die in the thralls of battle. They should have killed more people in battle that are not going to be important in the last two episodes. I agree. Right. Um, so there's another thing that I want to get to about this that that did anger me and does anger me, which and I might have said this to you at some point after the long night episode. Um, I said that I felt that Bran had 10 minutes to explain himself in the next episode or I was going to be pissed. And I'm pissed. I'm pissed because Bran, because Bran is the, as far as what I can see now, Bran is the biggest waste of a character storyline I think I've ever seen in a TV show. If this is it, if there's nothing more to his storyline, like I don't think Bran is a human anymore, though. Derek, Bran is not Bran. He's just like a, like a. He's the three-eyed raven. Like, it's just right. like the, oh, it like that. That singular thing it is the only thing in Game of Thrones that I can like recently think of that just drives me nuts. Like, what did he do in the whole battle? He he, he sat there and he and he warged into a raven that was used solely as a filmic transition to show the Night King, and and provided mm. no other strategic benefit of this of this power that he's had that has been has been that we literally spent the whole season where like five characters were protecting Bran at all costs. Like, yeah, like to make right. sure that Bran did not die, <laughs> like, and and, yeah. and the whole thing with the night he he's gone back a gazillion times through time, and the Night King grabbed him, and and he was clearly the Night King's target, right? Like the Night King walks right up to him, and they just stare at each other, and nothing gets said, and then Arya right. saves his life, and he just doesn't say anything to Arya, <laughs> like, and, and like what is the whole like that that part? does bug me that like if this whole thing with Bran is just now over and it's just a battle for the throne like we kind of talked about um yeah so i will that's just my two cents on that i that that drives me nuts and i hope somehow something ties in still but i don't see a lot of optimism for that i don't know yeah Bran, Bran, you're right Bran's breadth of like powers and storyline yeah. and like overall investment in Bran has not paid off no. <laughs> in terms of beyond just being baked like yeah like we spent seven seasons so that Brand can be like a big book of all the stuff ever, the universe has ever done, and and the Night King just wants to destroy that big book. Like, no, Brand is a a speaking, moving human being, or or at least whatever at least he is. He was, Brad Raven. Yeah. Like he found, like didn't he find he he was the one who discovered that it that Jon Snow wasn't yeah. uh, Ned Stark's kid. Yeah, and he that was something good. Like, nice job, Brand. Yeah, can't you see everything? You can, like, see, you everything, can see everything, right? Everything. Like, so do you want to warn Danny that she's flying into an ambush with a dragon killer machine? That's like it, it just right. like like <laughs> this has been touted as a power that could be used in so many contexts, and like they don't use it for anything. So, so I, I will say after all that, I, I still have some optimism they work it in because, like, for instance, yeah, like I the, still, like the Red Lady, right? It. The Red Lady came back out of nowhere, and or the Red Woman came back out of nowhere, and she was a critical part of the, of that long night episode. Right. And like, so that was a power that was touted and then maybe seemingly was gone, but then plays a factor. I got to think he's going to play a factor, but I'm just prefacing it by saying, I'm going to be so pissed if he has no other role in this show. Cause it's just such a waste of so many different points in the storyline. 
Um, yeah, Bran is like a Bran is like a he's like a first round draft pick trending <laughs> towards being a huge bust. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, um, so, anyway, speaking of the final few episodes, um, what are your predictions? Because there's only two left, right? Uh, there's two left. Yeah, both like eighty minutes. Two episodes of Game of Thrones. That's left. wild. That is wild. That is insane. And, and from from what I saw from some of the actors, I think maybe it was Amelia Clark or, or one of them had a tweet or something online that was saying like episode five like is nuts. And so that's like the penultimate is generally nuts. Oh yes, um, let's go. But penultimate but penultimate of the series makes me quite like I feel for the series like penultimate of a season. I get that. And then the next episode sets up the next season, right? Like ultimate of a series, like I think has to top a penultimate of a series. I think I don't know, right. dude. This is happening. Whatever's happening this, is happening this, this episode. Sunday. And the, but then we have yeah. eighty more minutes in episode six, so I, I'm intrigued yeah, so to we know can, what like, happens. Do some flash flashbacks true, to like true. all your Piece favorite all characters together. and what are they up to? Yeah. So my ten year, it's gonna do like a ten years later thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my predictions, I don't know. I, it's it's tough for me to make predictions. I guess. Um, one of them that's pretty popular, I would say, is that um, that Arya is going to kill Cersei, right? Like, I think a lot of people think that, um, you know, because the the red part of what the Red Woman had said to her was, you know, the brown eyes, the green eyes, and the blue eyes, and so the green eyes matches Cersei could match other things that she's already done as well. True. Cersei's always been on her list, right? Like she's been very adamant about that. Um, I did see one, uh, and I stumbled across this in like a. I was like in a tweet I was like I kind of was in I wasn't even searching and I kind of like browsed through a Twitter replies section and saw someone who had a theory that I think is a pretty good one um, which is that that Arya may Arya and Jamie are now both on the path to King's Landing right because Jamie just took off uh, right. to go there there's one theory that Arya will kill Jamie and use Jamie's face to kill Cersei. Oh, which, damn it. Why'd you tell me that? Well, well it's, it's, I mean, that's so happening. I don't know. I don't know. Like there were a lot of things people thought were going to happen that didn't happen. Um, I think that would be, I would be thrilled if that happened because again, it would be using something. There are so many powers and storylines from the past that I'm afraid of them never being used. Right. So I would love it if True. that happens. But, um, right. so what are, what are she you? Did, yeah. She didn't use it to kill the, the night King. No, but she did. So she did she's use, use her power. Yeah. For, she did use it for some of her other kills, so yeah, as we saw, right. but she did not use it for the Night King, which that was your dad had a theory about that, right? Yeah. Your dad thought yeah, he's he was He's still toting gonna... it. He's, he's still like, I knew it was Arya. I knew it was Arya. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I bet she was using that power, but they just, just didn't show it. Like, dad, don't, don't, don't push your luck. <laughs> yeah, let's take the win here. Yeah. Um, exactly. So, take the W. <laughs> what are your thoughts, uh, predictions? Um, I, this is going to be a, you're not going to like this take. Okay. But I'm not excited for the next for the finish. Like there's no I'm trying to think of what I want to happen hmm, yeah. and nothing makes me happy. Besides maybe like Sansa be like Sansa and Tyrion getting married and them being on the Iron Throne together. Interesting. Like that's the only thing that I like John the John and uh Danny storyline is kind of bugging me that Yes, I agree. They still they still love each other, but they're aunt like their aunt and nephew and oh but like what do they do oh it's just like and then yeah. she was all alone and he was getting t like toted up like something's gonna happen to one of them yeah i agree uh, i don't know i just can't see like her being on the iron throne and me being happy or him being on the iron throne and being happy without without a big change right now i could see without some yeah. drastic change i could probably I, I i'm more likely to see myself being happy with john being on the iron throne than danny i think same i, I don't know how i end up being happy with danny on the iron throne 
I'm getting a little annoyed with Danny in some context. I don't dislike her think, by any means yet, but I think they're doing that on purpose. Yeah, because like she she was super like she was Khaleesi. Everyone loved Danny. They loved her for, for like seven the, seasons. You know? Exactly, and now everyone is like, oh, she's getting on my nerves. She's being <laughs> yeah, annoying. Yeah, she's like, true. and the the writers know that right. they're doing. They're not just making her right. annoying on accident. And I would also I, yeah, yeah, I would also say by by on the token of what you were saying, I think that they've also intentionally. Um, driven up uh, Sansa's stock. Right? I think that I think a lot right. of people did not like Sansa very much before, um, right. and now I think a lot of people are on her team. And like a lot of people would love it if Sansa and Arya were kind of the ones at the top here. And obviously, I don't know how that works Iron Throne wise, but like those are the two characters. Everybody, the Starks, really. Everybody wants to to be to win in the end of this, right? So, right. Um, so it's interesting. I don't know. It's gonna be. Yeah, I mean, I. Yeah. I think you're right that that they're building Sansa up for something because she had a big role yeah. in the past two episodes, even though like she was just sitting in the crypt for one of them. Yeah. Um. So I think, I think they're building towards her and something big. And they've her. built yeah. a feud between her and Danny, right? Like that. Like yeah. that didn't feel necessary either. Like, right. You know. So I think because all of a sudden, like all of a sudden, like Sansa hasn't really cared about the Iron Throne, like ever. <laughs> And now, now it's like, now she's like, well, she's not my queen, you know, like who is your queen? Like, is Cersei your queen? Yeah. No, like, like, so yeah. like, I mean, so John's your king, I guess is what you're saying. But like John never claimed he was king of, of Westeros. So like, I, I think they've, that's sort of come out of nowhere almost just like she doesn't like Danny and that's yeah. also creating that dynamic. So it's, uh, there's a lot to unravel, I think, but I think we both said we were a little worried about the army of the dead, like defeating the army of the dead and then just like a, a two episode throne battle with Cersei. Like I would like there to be something more, but I don't know. Maybe there won't be. We'll I see. It, I, they are really coming in hot with this final season. They're just like, yeah. we need every storyline to end. This <laughs> yeah, is our final yeah. season. It's almost like when they were writing season seven, they didn't know season eight was going to be their final season. Yeah, it's true. Kind of because they are, they're like, we need storylines to end. Yeah. That's, that's all we need. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's it's where true. we're heading. It's true. That that is basically what they're doing. Um, so, anything else on Game of Thrones? Uh, that was a good, solid breakdown of the last couple episodes here. Any other final yeah, thoughts? No, I'm. I am. This is one of the most anticipated two episodes in the history of television. So, we may have to do you got a podcast that right. next week. I know. We, yeah, we 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 likely will have to because I think there's going to be a lot going down in episode five. Um, uh, I'm nervous. So that's, Talking about so that's it makes Game of Thrones. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> me too. Um, I don't want Davos Seaworth to die. <laughs> He's gonna die. Uh, yeah. He. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are gonna. I mean, people said this before episode three, but there's a lot of people that are gonna die now, <laughs> like for sure. <laughs> right. Um. So, and it started with with Masande last episode. So, um. So mm. so there you go. Game of Thrones. Um. Moving on to similar book topic, you have a quick uh, cozy book corner. Is that right? I do. All right. Um, all right. So this week's cozy book corner, I won't spend a lot of time on it because this book is trash. <laughs> um, it's called Norwegian by Night. Um, I gave it twenty nine percent Steve Nicholas avocados, brown guac. It is just not good. I said more like Norwegian by Night. Oh, nice, nice. Right, singer. Um, so. It's just not a good book. I, I wouldn't recommend it. It's like, uh, have you, you know what a man called Ove is or Uve? Have you heard of uh, it? No. 
Basically, it's if Jason Bourne was 80 years old. That's what this book is. <laughs> All right. It sounds uh, great. It's just a, and like crotchety. It's just a crotchety old former military vet who takes a child who can't speak English under his wing to protect him from some mob. And this old guy just complains about everything and makes the wrong military decision. Every single time he has to make a decision, <laughs> he makes the wrong decision. And then it there's... It's just bad. So doesn't doesn't sound great. Twenty nine percent. No. Um. But it's if you're into. I will say if you're into like, like uh, I'm trying to think of a good way. I'm trying to give it some silver lining. <laughs> uh, like uh, those Norwegian crime movies. It's like a big genre. Is like Norwegian crime. Like the Snowman was like a crime drama or like a, I don't know. It's if you're into like a crime drama. This you could do worse, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend all right, it. Nor- so Norwegian by night. 29, 29 brown guac. <laughs> that's all. That's all we have to do. Twenty nine brown guac. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um. So Norwegian by night. Don't read it. Um. If don't if you see it. one of your friends reading it, rip it out of their hands and throw it in the trash. Yeah. Throw it out. Throw it <laughs> away. <laughs> um. So last topic in pop culture before we move on to sports. Um. I'm gonna let you handle this one as well because I yes. am new to it. So go ahead. This, I'm surprised that you're new to this because this is actually, this is actually so impressive, and you'll yeah, probably never somehow, happen again. Somehow eluded my social feeds at the to this point. So James <laughs> Holzauer is the Jeopardy freak of nature. This guy, James, is a former uh, uh, sports better. He's he's a professional sports gambler, wow. so that's how he makes his money. Yep. So he's a stats whiz. He came onto the show with a plan. Like he, he basically spent years watching Jeopardy, trying to basically gamify it or like uh, sabermetrics Jeopardy, <laughs> and he's doing it. So his strategy is he always starts with the the second to bottom row, or he's basically looking for the daily doubles right away. Mm-hmm. Well, no, he starts with the bottom row because he said you can only you can only bet big when you have big points. So he right. oh, he starts with the bottom row, usually sweeps it because he's really smart. Then he searches for the daily doubles. Always bets all in on the daily doubles. Wow. Always. He just all in every time. So usually by the time the, the second round starts, he's got more money than the other two could put could actually could even, get back yeah. into it. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Wow. So this guy, James, has five of the top five highest single game scores of all time. The average Jeopardy win, like a day daily winnings, like eh, twenty thousand, probably average. On a big day, it's fifty thousand. He continually finishes Jeopardy with $130,000 a day. Wow. Like every that, single time. And he he's like a little awkward. And whenever he goes all in, he doesn't say it. He just pushes his hands in. He just like <laughs> makes makes like a like pushing your chips in motion. Yeah, he yeah. just does that. Um, the, Je- the Jeopardy world is stunned. He's been on for 22 weeks. Uh, he's, he's rapidly chasing Ken Jennings, the all-time uh, wins leader. I think he's going to surpass his total money amount yeah. in probably half of half the time that Ken Jennings took. Right. Um, and I think J- Ken Jennings was on for like 50 something straight days, maybe more. Um, but this guy, if you, if you haven't watched Jeopardy recently, watch it just to watch this guy. Wow. He is a freak of nature and he, he sweeps whole boards. He, at the end of the first round, he'll be up 20,000 to zero to zero. <laughs> like it's crazy. <laughs> that is insane. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, it's just, it's a one of a kind talent, and some people hate it. Like Jeopardy purists are like, yeah, "Oh, they, he he broke the game. He'll, no <laughs> one will ever beat him." Uh, people like me are like, "Yes, go nerd, go." <laughs> so, 
I don't know. If you haven't checked it out, James Hall's hour on Jeopardy is on freaking wow. fire. I'm going to have to check yeah. it out there. Find out. You should. Yeah. Seven, seven. Oh, it might be on soon. Holy crap. True. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 7 p.m. Um, 1.69 million, as you've written here, over twenty over his 22 wins. And that is right. and counting for sure. Yeah. So there he's, you go. It's because it's and it's not he's not just like Ken Jennings, like where he's yeah. good at Jeopardy. He's like it, he's, he's he's demolishing. Jeopardy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He's he's broken it. That's what that's what people are saying. Yeah. He's broken the game of Jeopardy. That's crazy. That's insane. So, so check stars. him out. James Holzauer. H O L Z H A U E R. James Holzauer. Yes. Yeah. So anything else on pop culture? No, that's it for me. All right. How about you? No, I don't think so. Let's let's move into sports. Half number two, sports. The Monster Jam. All righty. So uh rundown of some sports here. Uh we'll start with basketball, which is NBA playoffs are going on. We have four series underway. Um by the time you hear this podcast, it could be down to three. Uh, we're recording this before Game Five of Fingers the Celtics, crossed. Celtics and Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> so we'll start there. Uh, you had mentioned um, last podcast Celtics Bucks and Warriors Rockets were the two series you were interested in. Right. Not a hot take, I don't think. Those going into the round no. were probably what everyone was interested in. Um, they started very different, and they're currently very different <laughs> than. They, they've yeah. both been kind of roller coasters in a way. The Warriors took a quick 2-0 lead. Uh, looked like they were going to roll. James Harden was injured. Both of his eyes, I think, were injured. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so that was weird, wasn't things it? Things didn't look great um, for them. But now they're all tied up 2-2. Two two. Uh, conversely, the Celtics blow the Bucks out in Game 1. Looks like they're going to maybe have a great series. Proceed to lose three straight in pretty unimpressive fashion. They're down 3-1 now, including both games at home they lose um so we'll start with the celtics and bucks a little bit here um i'll let you give your quick thoughts first before i give mine you obviously were intrigued by the series what are, what is what are your your takeaways right. so far so i'm not going to spend too much time on this yeah. because the by the time you're hearing this this right. could be over and the bucks could could be moving on yeah um however i am i like the celtics uh, i'm not i i pretend to be a big hater but i actually do like their team um, but I love the Bucks. Yeah. I mean, I love Giannis. I've been to his home court in Greece. Like I am now, like a big Giannis yeah. and Duca Tempo fan. Yeah. Um, so I like the development of him over these three games. Like he has, he has taken over. He he cannot be stopped. Yeah. He scores a hundred percent of his points in the paint, even when you know he's going to do it. He does it. Um, he's been playing out of his mind, offense, defense, boards, um, and doing it relatively quietly. I don't want to say like he's blowing. He he's going out of his mind but yeah. he's not like a James Harden or a Kevin Durant where they need to complain every time they get fouled yeah, or where no, they yeah. they make a big scene if they score a bucket um so he's he's just kind of understood that all right if we're going to beat the Celtics we need to I need to dominate yeah um, and he has been and the, you're right the Celtics have I'll let you talk about this but they've looked very uh lethargic they mm-hmm. looked there's a lot of sluggishness i think or it, i don't want to say lack of caring because you obviously it's yeah, obviously it's, not what it is but yeah. that's what it's coming what it off looks at. like so what do right. you yeah yeah i mean it's really pretty stunning i'll say because game one the celtics came out with an amazing defensive game plan right like i, yeah. I don't know if you saw this they were building they were calling they were showing they were calling it this wall they were building which they essentially were right like 
they were getting back on transition defense and literally they were forming a wall that Giannis had to go through. And like he had right. a like very three, three guys yeah. standing next to each other. Yeah. They had a, he had a very tough time. And I don't know if it's I don't I don't anticipate that they abandoned that. I assume the Bucks adjusted to that, but but regardless, it's been a totally different look in the next three games. Um defensively, obviously they can't stop Giannis. I'm not you kind of don't expect to stop Giannis, right? You have to you have to limit him and then be able to not have guys like Chris Middleton kill you, which Chris Middleton kills the Celtics. But um yeah. but but the bigger we like not not just kills you like on three pointers, he, but like Jordan. makes he makes like flashy plays like Chris, and like yeah. gets the crowd pumped up. Like yeah. I've said it to multiple of my friends, like Chris Middleton is Michael Jordan when he plays the Celtics. <laughs> like like yeah. it, it's it's insane. But aside from all of that though, like the Celtics in, in my opinion anyway are not getting killed because solely because of defense. Like the Celtics offense has looked terrible in this series after game 1. Like they're they're playing hero ball, they're playing iso, taking jump shots, like they're not moving the ball around and this is one of those common criticisms that a lot of people would make about Kyrie Irving, right? Like there was all that chatter midseason like are the Celtics better without Kyrie Irving? And I I always thought that was silly. Like no, they're not better without Kyrie Irving. But there was always a valid case to be made about they don't move the ball as well when Kyrie's playing because Kyrie's an ISO player, right? He's an ISO scorer. And yeah. when Terry Rozier was playing last year and it was a bunch of young guys and Terry Rozier running point guard, like you have no choice. You can't, you don't have any ISO players. Like you got to move the ball around and get open shots. And there is something to be said for it. They're not doing it in this series. And, you know, Kyrie and his personality shifts this whole, like, his shifting personality the entire season is finally getting to me, I think. And it's getting to a lot of Celtics fans. It's just like, I know you said that like the phrase not caring, it's obviously I'm not accusing anybody of not caring, but I mean, to use a direct quote from Kyrie, they asked him about his shooting struggles and he, and he says, who cares? Right? Like he, he's got this LeBron James, like LeBron rubbed off on him in the sense of like, it's going to be fine. Like we're going to be fine. Right. Like LeBron's always had that attitude yeah. of like, you LeBron would lose a game one. He's like, this was a feel out game. Like, I'm not worried. Like, and LeBron can do that because he's one of the best players. He's one of the two best players to ever live. Right. Yeah. Kyrie Irving's not, he's not even one of the 10 best players in the league. So yeah. like, like, so you can't be LeBron James. Like you're not LeBron James. And, and that's what I think people around here who again, biased or not have grown to hate LeBron James's personality, right. For a number of reasons, but may, Chief, chief among them being that he's their biggest rival, you know, in the Paul Pierce era. Um, you They hate LeBron James. They hate his style, his personality. And literally, Kyrie is being LeBron James without the performance. So um, so that's what's driving people around here nuts and what's forcing a lot of people to say, like, yeah, like, just don't let the door hit you on the way out. Th- that'll ha- that's that, so sad. That'll be the response. He's, like, so good. I know. I know. But that'll be the response if the Celtics lose game five. I'll say that. I mean, we're recording this before right. uh, the game happens. If the Celtics lose game five, I think Kyrie's gone. I don't think he's staying with all the toxicity that's been around this team and this media and everything. And I don't think Celtics fans will be unhappy at that point, you know, if you lose in five in the second round. Um, Because this is a guy that has been talking up the playoffs the whole season. This team went to game seven of the conference finals last year. They, you know, they beat this Bucks team. They, they took LeBron to seven games. You know, you got to back it up if you're, if you're Kyrie. Now, again, I know the Bucks are an amazing team, but losing in five is not acceptable for them. So, so I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, I think, yeah, I think best case scenario is that 
you guys lose, Kyrie gets traded, and you bring back IT. Isaiah Thomas yeah. comes back. <laughs> It'd be on the table. It'd be on the table. <laughs> I knew it. Um, and you would love it. I, I would you like... You guys would welcome him back I would welcome with open I, arms. I would welcome Isaiah back. I, I always still liked Isaiah. You know, I, I thought he was talking too much, but... I, I don't think he should be the starting point guard on this team, but I would certainly welcome him back. He's not even in the rotation for Denver. Um, no. So, I, you know, he's not exactly going to be in a spot of like, I'm going to start somewhere. So that, that's a conversation for another day. Anyway, quick. Any other quick thoughts on these other series? I mean, Denver, Portland, we're probably not going to really talk about. Um, right. So I think Philly, Toronto is interesting, but I mean, we won't really spend time on that either. Um, you know, Toronto's up three, two as of our recording. Any any quick thoughts on that one? No, uh, Denver's up 3-2 on Portland, which I think is surprising. Denver's actually way better than I give them credit for. Yeah. Um, 76ers and Raptors are just like... There's, those are two teams who are just fighting to be relevant, and if if one wins, they'll be a bit more relevant for a year, and if like neither of them are going to are gonna win it or yeah. be good well, in three in, years. They're in so. drastically different positions franchise-wise, right? Like the Sixers, exactly. the Sixers have moved, as we talked about earlier mid-season when John Wang was on, like the Sixers have moved all in, right? The Sixers, this is the Sixers. pulled the trigger. This yeah. is the Sixers team. So like they can keep them all, yeah. but this is it. Like they're not getting they, new guys. This is now the result. This is now the result of the process. It is, right. And, and so, yes. you know, it's a good team. They have a lot of all-star caliber players. So we'll see if that develops. The Raptors, on the other hand, have Kawhi Leonard, who is absolutely insane in these playoffs. Like he, he is yeah. ridiculous so far. But he's not under contract. And is he staying in Toronto? Nobody thought that when he got traded there. Everybody viewed that as like he's going to leave. So we'll see. They're very different franchise positions right now. But Kawhi is showing that he's worth everything at this point because he's just dominating the 76ers. Yeah. Um, um, and the last series, which is probably the best one, which is Warriors-Rockets. I yeah. watched that last game. It was spectacular. But I don't want to say it's expected to be the best. So like I'm not. there's nothing really to talk about it. But it's tough to watch all-star players like James Harden, yeah. Kevin Durant, and, and even now guys like Draymond and, and KD mm. complain oh and God. complain and writhe around on the oh floor. Like, I know. This, this has become a battle of who can be the biggest whiners, and it's it's really not fun to watch. No, Like James not. Harden flies into the hoop every time, every single time, and then throws his hands up in the air. Kevin Durant is is doing his mean mug face at the at the refs every single time he takes a shot and misses. It's just it's almost like not fun to watch. I hate it. Just like I, just play I w- I would love them to play one game without without refs. Just say, you know what? These two teams are going to play one well, game without refs. Only flagrants or if, are getting called. Or, or if refs actually or, or if the NBA, like the NBA does so many things that people don't like and you know plenty of things they do like, but the NBA at one point said that they were going to start calling te- technical fouls on players for complaining, right? Like they they they, they should. Oh if if they actually did, if they would enforce that, and, and someone's getting teed up in a playoff game, and maybe even getting ejected when they get their second tee in a playoff game, guys are going to stop complaining. I'll tell you that. Like yeah. like like if James Harden gets kicked out of a playoff game because he complained to a ref, I'm sorry. Like to me, I know that would cause an up an an uproar from fans like of the Rockets, but like. Yeah. That's one of the only ways you're going to make this stop because it, you're it's getting completely ridiculous and like it's yeah. a generational thing. Like I watched Jason Tatum do the same thing. He doesn't get the same publicity on it, but these guys yeah. have been trained and indoctrinated to throw their hands up every time they go to the basket. Like it, it's yeah, it's wild. Like so, yeah, I think uh, and to your point, like I do for the most part, uh, really like Giannis in that regard. As far as his complaining is a lot, lot less than. Some of these, right. some of these other star players, you know, like anyone, he'll complain sometimes. But 
um, he he goes against most of that. So I do love that about him. But but yeah, you're right. It's it's unwatchable in a lot of ways with with the way this has become. And just to cap that off too, a guy like Harden is literally par- a huge part of his game is based on drawing fouls, which is such an unwatchable style as well. You I know? know, like in it's oh. like. Again, it's one of the things from a. I don't like that style of basketball. It's one of the, and this is when I've said in the past that I really want to like Kyrie so much, but his personality has gotten in the way for me. Um, Kyrie's style, I respect basketball wise because Kyrie does not draw fouls. Like he's not. Right. Like in fact, it's a it's a heavy criticism of him. Is like you need to be going to the line more, like in these playoff games. But he doesn't draw fouls, and like so, I like that about him. He's a shot maker, not a foul drawer. But mm-hmm. it's it's the modern NBA. It's maybe not the what you need, you know. Um, yeah, which which sucks. Even, which sucks about the NBA right now. And even Chris Paul, like a guy who I used to respect and like a lot, yeah. is just he'll complain a lot. He too. is yeah. just yeah, he's one of the biggest offenders. It's bad. So um, okay, well that I mean that's going to end up being an amazing series. It's just yeah. a matter of like, is it is it watchable? I mean, so. yeah, yeah. And then hopefully it goes seven because everyone wants Rockets Warriors game seven. I think so. Two two now. Right. So we'll see. What happens there? Last year, the Rockets went up three two, and then Paul got hurt. So that was that was a big, big mm. shifting uh, point in that series. But so we'll see. Anything else in basketball? Um, so no, I'll move on to hockey. Uh, just one point to make: Is hockey still even on? <laughs> Who knows? Who cares? Um, um, we won't spend. T- is there still? Are there? Are there still playoffs? There, <laughs> there are still playoffs. I don't, I don't even. There are still playoffs. Uh, before our recording tonight, there's one more game seven in this round, which is uh, the Sharks and the Avalanche. Uh, otherwise, a thoroughly surprising field uh is left um with the with the remaining four teams depending on who wins this shark series but um i won't spend much time talking about it obviously the bruins are in the bruins have become the favorite to win the cup at this point with the teams that are remaining um i feel great about the bruins personally now that they've gotten through columbus i for i know that we're i know that you do not want to talk about this but i will just quickly mention um Nobody should be ashamed of losing to Columbus. I know that that doesn't make you feel any better, but that team no, that is a damn good team. That I I mean I just watched the Bruins play them for six games, and Columbus is is real. They I mean they're going to lose players next year, so they're probably done now. But that team was very good. Um, the, the there's just one point I want to make, uh, real quick because I, it's kind of something I thought about the uh, in the last couple days that I kind of made me kind of surprised actually. Would you agree that most most people, a prevailing storyline in the NHL is its parity. Would you agree with that? Yes, but like, like how, how any team can win. Yeah, anytime. anyone can win. You know, yeah. you go into playoffs, you're not like, oh, well, it's going to be Warriors and someone. Right? Like, you know, it's like right. the NHL is yes, very different. I would say that. Um, what what really flies in the face of that, and it's very surprising and kind of like, because one of my friends was saying this about like being optimistic with the Bruins, right? Like, because everyone's like, oh, yeah, but the, there's so much parity. Like, even if you're the favorite, you know, you're probably not going to win or, or anyone can win. The last 10 Stanley Cup champions have been comprised of five different teams in the NHL. Mm. Isn't that, that's pretty surprising, right? Okay. You got Pittsburgh's won surprising. three of them. Pittsburgh's won three of them. Chicago's won three of them. LA has won two of them. Boston and Washington have won one. In the last 10 years, you got five teams and they're all the major cities. Yeah. So... And I, no, I just, no Canadian teams. No Canadian teams for a lot for a lot longer than ten years. Let me let me for go back to time. the yeah. last Canadian team to win. Let me just scroll through here. Uh, Edmonton. Oh no, sorry, <laughs> Montreal Canadiens. Nineteen ninety three was the last Canadian. Yes. That's a, that's a long cup time. champion. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time ago. Um, but yeah, so that's just a quick little point of like, um, just to keep in mind that you know, because for the most part, the parity is still good. Like series by series, like you get a lot of upsets in the NHL. 
But the champions have tended to still be the major teams, you know, in the last 10 years or so. So we'll see what happens with that. But um, if San Jose advances, it'll, you know, Bruins and Sharks will be the clear favorites. Um, if not, the Bruins are, it's it's theirs to lose with the teams that are remaining as far as like regular season performance goes. So who are the Bruins play next? The Carolina Hurricanes, <laughs> which who oh, was, so fun. Which is the uh, second to last seed in the East after the Columbus Blue Jackets. So like these these low yeah. the bottom seeds just have all been winning, which is insane. But um, I mean, but hey, they're there. They beat Washington. You know, they beat the reigning champs, and then they swept the Islanders. So you can't just write them off. They're obviously a good team, but they didn't have a great regular season. So that's what makes hockey interesting in that regard. So um, anything else in hockey? I assume that is a no from you. <laughs> No, from me. Um, last topic, baseball. Uh, the Rays are the best team in baseball. Is this still... I haven't been following that closely on the standings as of today. The Rays are... If they, they lost in extras today, so they're not... They're now the second okay. best team in baseball. But let's just say they are. They are the best team in baseball. Because if the Twins if the twins lose today, then they are. So let's assume the Twins right. lose. Okay. I think the Yankees. Twins lose. Um, yes, the Rays are the best team in the MLB. The Tampa Bay Rays, Derek. Still, at this point. You, you heard me right. We're now exactly. over Still a month into the point. season. All right. The Yankees are hot on their tail. Um, they're two games back and playing very good baseball after losing all of their starting players. Um, however... They play a three-game series at the Trop against the Rays this weekend. It's a big, big series for the Rays. I know you as big as a series can be this early in the right, season, right? Um, because if the team that wins that series will will be in the lead of the AL East and probably determine how they fare against each other. Right. I mean, the Yankees are missing a lot of people, but it's it's a big test. Yeah. So, um, Rays best team in baseball. Just want to shout it out. Uh, Red Sox still kind of floundering is that right uh yeah they've they've improved certainly from their start but uh let me just do a quick check they are certainly not back yet they're they're 18 and 19 so they've uh that you know that's certainly better than they started but they're five and a half games behind the Rays, um which isn't a huge number but but one thing that in baseball what i find um you know it's 162 games so you're like oh it's early whatever there's plenty of time but then they throw out the numbers like here's what you need to here's what record you need to have to get to 98 wins for instance you know 98's a lot but in the AL East yeah. in the AL East you might need that right and then you see that Absolutely. record and you're like holy crap <laughs> that's going to be hard you know so <laughs> yeah. um so the losses in the beginning add up like i know a lot of people don't put importance on them but they are very important all times i know it's cliche to say it but all these games matter they really do um so yeah all games matter it's going to be it's going to be uh it's going to be a long ride but we'll see Right. So anything well, else on go baseball? Rays. Yeah. No, go race. Go, go race. race. Go race. Um thank you. Thank so you. So any other sports topics? I think that's all we got there. Any you know any closing football thoughts you want to just toss in there? Uh JPP, Jason Pierre Paul got in a car accident. Yeah, that's Tempe right. Tampa Buccaneers best player, broken neck, wow. out for twenty out for the two thousand nineteen season. Whole, se- uh, whole season. season. So kind of just writing it off as another yeah. Another losing season. Was that 10, 12 years without a playoff? 13, <laughs> well, 15 years? But every team has hope, such as the Cleveland Browns. You see what OBJ said? He said he plans yeah, on making the Browns the new Patriots. Yeah. So Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so that, that'll do it for sports. Um, lots that we went over there. We'll kick it into the final drive. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? It looks like we both have Netflix. I want to go first, Derek. First, go ahead. Do it. All right. So I watched a 
hilarious new uh, Netflix, uh, I would say, skit show. Okay. Each each episode's about 15 to 20 minutes long. Uh, they're filled with about five or six skits. They're, each skit is like a minute long. Um, it's with Tim Robinson. I don't know if you've seen The Detroiters on Comedy Central mm. or heard of it. No, I haven't. Uh, that's the only other thing that I know he's in. But okay, um, I kind of recognize funny. him. I just googled him. Yeah. yeah, the show the show is called "I Think You Should Leave." It's on Netflix. I watched the whole thing in one night. I mean, there's only six episodes, and they're each like 20 minutes, so you can you can watch them whenever. But the, it is so weird and awkward, and like uh, <laughs> just one of those comedy skit, skits that aren't they're not made to have a punchline. They're made to just make you laugh because they're so strange and weird um, so <laughs> and, and he nailed some of the skits are there's probably overall 20 maybe 30 total skits and about five of them are so funny that I watch them every other day like I, I will re-watch them every other day <laughs> wow um, some of them are terrible as there's always hit or misses in right, sketch right, right. comedy but uh, the ones that are, are funny just knock it out of the park. Um, particularly, there's one in the second to last episode. Um, it's just with a, a guy in a recording studio. If you ever come across it, Derek, if you just want to like watch one of the skits <laughs> yeah. to see if you like this show, it's about halfway through the second to last episode. Um, it's a guy in a recording studio, and it is so freaking funny. I, I watch it all the time, and I show everyone I... I can so <laughs> I think you should leave with Tim Robinson on Netflix definitely worth a shot they're only 20 minutes and each skit is like five minutes so attention span wise it's yeah, perfect quick, nice um, highly recommend it. I, I honestly I wish they were coming out with more sooner because they're, they're just that style of comedy and it's the nice. perfect like it's like tw- it's like watching Twitter almost it's just like, oh, I just <laughs> yeah, want something yeah. really quick and easy yeah Boom. It's great. nice that's 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 very helpful. It's like watching a YouTube video, but like on TV. Exactly. It's like watching uh, vines on TV. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, all right. So uh, my final drive also about Netflix. Um, last week I watched the movie that was released: "Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile." Did you see this yet, Steve? No, but I know what it's about. Yeah. So it's about uh, Ted Bundy, and it's actually I found out that it's the same director as the Ted Bundy tapes that was out came out on Netflix like a couple months ago which I actually hadn't watched it. Did you watch those either or no? No, I'm not a big serial killer guy. Yeah, so I mean I like just seen I I saw a lot of people on social media talking about this so I kind of was just doing nothing over the weekend and, and ended up watching it. Um I have a lot of mixed feelings about it. I'll say that. Um I think it's worth a shot watching it if you kind of like that style of of um storytelling, I guess, but uh, it's kind of it's what style is that? Uh, well, like, sorry, the serial killer genre of stories, right? Even though this is this is based on gotcha. real events, um, and it's pretty unsettling the way that they've done this because they so first of all, Zach Efron does a great job as far as being Ted Bundy, but it's in an unsettling way because it's like kind of it's very romanticized as far as like it, it's almost more of a love story than it is a serial killer story. Like it's not a very violent movie. It's, it's in fact it's not violent at all there is there is no violence in the movie um and, and so everything is like all of the all of his like crimes as this one of the most notorious serial killers of all time the scenes are like the the lead up to the what the the heinous crime is like the scene would be like him like like flirting with the with girls and then it cuts to like 
the courtroom, kind of, you know? And, like, it's yeah. kind of, it's very disturbing in that way because it's almost like, in a way, it's almost making him a protagonist. Not really, I don't want to say that fully, but, like, there are things in there that don't paint him paint him as, like, the the ridiculous monster that he is, right? Um, right. So, so it's interesting, but it also from, you know, what, what the, some of the real footage that's stitched in, like, in the credits, they stitch in a bunch of the real footage and, like, it's meant to show you, like, this is actually how the world saw this, right? Like, this is how the world saw this guy while this was all happening. Like, he had, like, fan clubs and stuff. So it's like like showing up to the courtroom, being, like, enamored by him. So I think it, it was interesting in that regard. Um, so I would say it's worth a shot, um, but it is a little bit disturbing in some of those ways. But at least it's not violent, and it's not, like, um, it's really, at least you know it's a recount of kind of what actually happened. Um, but yeah. overall, it's I, I don't really... I hesitate to give it a rating. I would just like slap like a 75 on it for me um, as like pretty good, but like definitely some, some unnerving parts about it. So, so there you go. Huh? I've heard, I've heard the Ted Bundy story yeah. and like one of the main themes is that like people fell in love they with did. him. They legit did. Like, like while he was in trial, yeah, well, like people, like the people knew he was a murderer and were like, Oh my gosh, he's so cute. Yeah. Like, and like people still write him letters in prison yeah, and stuff. It's insane. And, and, and like, and he, which is he, disgusting. He, and he represented himself. I don't know if you knew that, but like he, he's this super, he was this super charismatic, like, you know, charming. Like that's kind of the whole point of that whole thing where he had like this fan club and like he had a, like a groupies mm-hmm. basically. And like he represented himself and he would literally like in the movie in one scene, he like stands up and like, like, it's like at a point it's like got a key juncture of it and he basically stands up and like starts like ripping his own counsel a new one and his counsel just like storms out and he's like i'd like to represent myself now like like and people are like laughing in the courtroom like 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 that's the way it's portrayed and it's like you know once you realize that that's actually what was happening it's very unnerving and weird um but yeah so i think it's an interesting story to know about but the way it's told is is artful but kind of in a creepy way i guess i don't know it's hard to explain but so there you go, huh? There you go. Right, Inter- there interesting you go. movie, I'll say that. And well acted, obviously well acted. That's the other part. So. Extremely wicked and shockingly evil and vile. Yeah. Are you sure that's the that title? That is the title. It's kind of stupid title. <laughs> um, it, <laughs> I think it's like a quote from one of the sentence. I think it's a quote from his, yeah. one of his his final sentence or some something like that. But yeah, that is the title though. It's hmm. Just like search extremely wicked, All you'll right. find it. So that's it. Got anything else? Extra, extremely long and shockingly long and long. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that's what we'll probably name our episode today. So. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's probably not that long. Uh, right? Not no no not not insane. We might have broken depending on the editing. We might have broken an hour, but only barely. Dang. Only barely if if so. All so right. we'll see. So that'll do it for one twenty nine. Think Cut that's out all hockey. we got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Might have to. Um, so that that's it for 129. We'll maybe be back next week uh, based on what Game of Thrones does. Um, but either way, we'll see you guys soon for episode 130. Later days. Good luck, Celtics. <laughs> <laughs>